This is week five of six of Vision Seekers, a series on Joseph, the Joseph of Genesis, son of Jacob, who had the coat of many colors, that was egotistical to his brothers, that had a dream in the field that God was going to take him somewhere, and his brothers didn't align with the dream, so they tried to stop the dream, but they didn't realize they were actually um, promoting the dream by trying to stop the dream. You can sometimes thank the devil for helping God. You know, you can sometimes thank the devil for being a fool like he is because he helped you get to the vision when he thinks he can trip you in your walk. God says, I'm going to use it. And he does. And so we've seen that. And so week by week, we've gone through this story of Joseph and his brothers. And last week we ended where Joseph has become governor of Egypt after being thrown in a cistern, turned into slavery to the Egyptians by his brothers because they didn't want to actually kill him because, you know, he was their brother. So let's not kill him. Let's put him in slavery. So then, so then the, slave, uh, the, the slavery happened for him. And then um, Pharaoh needed a dream interpreter, and that was the gift. Oh, there's that gift again, that unique gift. Why did it work for Joseph? Because it was a gift only he had. You see where I'm going with this? Debbie, you said he's going to go somewhere with this, and you were right, my ma'am. So, so, so God is going to take that gift, and I said ma'am there, my ma'am, not my man. So just so, so y'all think I said that wrong, my ma'am, I'm creating new, new slang here. So what I'm saying is Joseph is now governor. There's a famine in the land, okay? There's no food, and so now the brothers are coming to Egypt looking for food because they're starving and they're going to die if they don't get some food from Egypt. Let's call Egypt the grocery store. So Joseph is the head of the grocery store. And if the brothers don't get to the grocery store in another country, then obviously they won't eat, kind of like how it works for us. And so the brothers come and they stand before Joseph. And we talked about last week how sometimes just for a season, you got to have tough love in a situation and hide the sorrow that you're feeling. It doesn't mean that your feelings are not valid or that they're not relevant, but it means in order to perpetuate the plan of God, you've got to hold them back for a minute because, because the emotion of the situation can bring you back down and put you back at, at, at ground zero at the beginning of it when that's what the devil wants you to do is fall to the emotion. So what do you guys remember what Joseph did when the brothers encountered him in Egypt, asking for food, did not know that Joseph was the governor that they were standing before. They didn't recognize their own brother. Do you remember what Joseph did? He wept. Come on, somebody. Come on. Just, I know everybody remembers. He turned and he wept. He was hiding his sorrows because he could not, he knew he could not let his brothers see that it was him. He hit his face. He got stern with them. He tried to be very authoritative and he sent them back to Jacob uh, in fear saying that they were spies. And then why he did that, he slipped in the payment they made for the food. He put it back in their bags. So then that freaked them out when they got back to Israel. And Israel said, where is, uh, where is, you know, what, why is this money in your bags? And something's going on here, shady. And they're all freaking out because the money is back in their bags. Um, so now a couple, couple years have passed and guess what? They have to go to Egypt again. But this time, Joseph's gonna handle it differently than the first time. So we were in chapter 42 last week. We're skipping 43 and 44 because of the sake of time. I just gave you a snapshot of where we're now at 45 where he's, they're approaching Joseph again for food because of famine. This is the second time. Y'all with me? Say amen. Okay. Chapter 45, verse 1 through 28. 
Is it hot in here or is it just me? My face is really red. Maybe it's the camera. Maybe it's because I'm wearing a flannel and I'm hot-headed, my mom says. So I carry a lot of heat. <laughs> oh, I wonder where I get that from. Anyway, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> uh, Genesis 45, verses 1 through 28. It says, Then Joseph could no longer control himself before his attendants, and he cried out, Have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. So he's standing there with his official people, his entourage, his brothers have approached him, and now he just could not, he couldn't hide his sorrow any longer. Remember we talked about hiding it last week? Well, now enough is enough. It's time to let it out. He says, Everybody leave my presence. There was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly, everybody say loudly, that the Egyptians heard him and Pharaoh's household heard about it. So like Pharaoh down in his part of the, of the, of the kingdom, you know, in, in, in the palace, he heard him weep and cry out that loud in anguish. Can you imagine? This sounds good, but really put yourself there. He's been holding it back for years, people, years. And he finally cried out so loudly. He wept so loudly. The Egyptians heard him and Pharaoh's household heard about it. Joseph said to his brothers, I'm Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. Oh, man. Can you imagine standing before him and not knowing it and then finding out the one you're begging for food is the one you tried to end, your own brother? So it's a weird situation going on. It says, then in verse 4, Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not worry do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. Remember we talk about grace. He says, don't be sad because it was to save lives that God sent me here before you come. Wow. How many else, how many others would have an attitude like that after all the years of pain? They would say, don't, how many would say, don't be distressed. God sent me here for a vision bigger than what you see. That's special. That's unique. I would call that another gift Joseph has of discernment that's so, so heavenly that he can see so much higher across the situation than the average son of Jacob. God sent me ahead of you. Oh, I could just go another direction with this and get into King David. God sent me ahead of you. Everybody that God took somewhere it was ahead of before the people recognized it. And often the opposite. He sends us ahead of the people. He sends the church to plant ahead of the people knowing they need the church. It's all the same. That's why you do it, because God sent us ahead, the people. For two years now, there has been a famine in the land. And for the next five years, there will still be no plowing or reaping. Remember, it was seven years of this. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve you for a remnant on earth and to save your lives by great deliverance. Verse 8, this is so good. This is so good. So then it was not you who sent me here, but God. 
Come on, somebody. It was, he's saying to his brothers, it was not you who sent me here. It was God who sent me here. He made me father to Pharaoh, Lord of his entire household and ruler of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and say to him, this is what your son Joseph says. God has made me Lord of Egypt. Come down to me and don't delay. You shall live in the region of Goshen and be near me. You, your children, your grandchildren, you just hit the lottery, baby. Your flocks, everybody's going to come to the palace. He's saying. He gets loud. It's because it's crazy how amazing God will do this in your life. Why would God love me like that? But he does. And he will. Verse 11, I will provide for you there because five years of famine are still to come. Otherwise, you and your household and all who belong to you will become desolate. If you don't, destitute. If you don't come to Goshen, you're going to die. God sent me here to provide for you so you have a place to go through the seven years. You see, bros, what I'm, what I'm saying? This is what he's saying to his brothers. You can see for yourselves. And so, so, my brother, and so can my brother Benjamin. That is really I who am speaking to you. Tell my father about all the honor accorded me in Egypt and about everything you have seen and bring my father down here quickly. That's Jacob, otherwise known as Israel. Then he threw his arms around his brother Benjamin and wept and he embraced him weeping and he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. Afterwards, his brothers talked with him. How you been? So you still love me? Hey, I'm sorry about that whole slavery thing. I've been making the joke here, but can you imagine? Yeah, I'm really, I'm really sorry that I thought I was trying to end your vision that's saving my life. That's what the brothers are saying. They're speechless, and rightfully so. So this, oh goodness, I did it again. I lost my place. Okay, verse 17. Pharaoh said, excuse me, verse 16. When the news reached Pharaoh's palace that Joseph's brothers had come, Pharaoh and all his officials were pleased. They were happy about it. You always thought Egypt was against Israel. Not in this situation. <laughs> because Pharaoh remembers. You know what he remembers? The Exodus. I'm going to be a little nice to these people. They got a crazy God who loves them no matter what. Remember the plagues? Remember all that? Pharaoh's being a little nicer. Verse 18, he says, load your animals, return to the land of Canaan, verse 18, and bring your father and your families back to me. I will give you the best of the land of Egypt and you can enjoy the fat of the land. That's the meat, the product, the fruits. You are also directed to tell them, do this, take some carts from Egypt for your children and your wives and get your father to come. We're gonna have a party, a barbecue. Never mind about your belongings because the best of all of Egypt will be yours. So the sons of Israel did this. Joseph gave them new, uh, new Yukons with 22s. I mean, I mean, carts. He gave them carts as Pharaoh had commanded. And he also gave them provisions for their journey. That's supply to each of them. He gave new clothing, but to Benjamin, he gave 300 shekels of silver and five sets of clothes, a little bit of extra love there. And this is what he sent to his father, 10 donkeys. Wow. I don't know about you, but when I get a donkey, I just shout for joy. 10 of them? 10 donkeys? Oh. 
See, our culture defines donkey in the association of the word as a negative, but in this world, it's a good thing. So, just saying, 10 donkeys loaded with the best things of Egypt and 10 female donkeys loaded with grain and bread and other provisions for his journey. Then he sent his brothers away as they were leaving and he said to them, don't fight on the way. Isn't that funny? After all the years, he still knew them enough to know how stupid they could be. Don't fight on the way about who's going to get, it sounds like my kids. Don't fight over the Frappuccino that dad just overpaid for $27 for a little Slurpee we could have got a Target. Like, don't, like they fight about it. Don't fight about it. You know, I thought that was funny. So they went up to Egypt and came to their father, Jacob. And they, they left Egypt, went to their father, Jacob, in the land of Canaan. They told him, Joseph is still alive. In fact, he is ruler of all of Egypt. And Joseph was stunned. Remember, he thought he was dead. He did not believe them because he thought he was dead. But when they told him everything Joseph had said to them, and when they saw the carts Joseph had sent to carry him back, the spirit of their father, Jacob, was revived. Remember, Jacob, Jacob was about to die from the stress of this. He was near death. But his spirit was revived. How many would like a revived spirit? You can be saved, Holy Ghost rolling. You can be, you can be cracking with that Bible and then find out that you need a revival in your spirit. Just because you've been in church 50 years don't mean you don't need Jesus more than you did then. Don't mean you got some correction you could have applied to yourself. Some of us need a revival in our spirit, a refreshing, a fresh start, an awakening. November 14th. Did I mention that? It's good. I'll tell you one thing they won't forget is that, Jen. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. I love y'all. Don't fight on the way. He didn't believe him. His spirit was arriving. Israel said, verse 28, I'm convinced my son Joseph is still alive. I will go up and see him before I die. All of that to say today's title is called Forwarding Favor. Forwarding Favor. You've heard of Pay It Forward? Anybody? Is anybody alive? Have you heard of? Okay, okay, yes. We've heard of Pay It Forward. That's a really cool, like, cultural way to say forwarding favor. Pass the blessing. I was blessed by it, so now I give it away. What do we do with everything God gives us? We give it away. Why? Because we're forwarding the favor that God has forwarded to us. And we see Joseph reunited with his brothers, and their encounter is nothing like we would have imagined from the beginning. His demeanor and attitude towards them is quite contrary to how I would see myself responding perhaps in such a dire straight situation that Joseph went through. I don't think I could have even talked, Vincent. I don't think I could have talked even when I loved my brothers. If they had done that to me, I would have just been left speechless. I don't think I could have talked. I would have just curled up in a ball in pain. But he handled it differently. And what if God was blessing, what if God... I can't speak today. My coffee's in the back. Will somebody get, I'm just kidding. What if God's blessing was bigger than the enemy's problem that has been placed in front of you? What if we had the discernment? Everybody say discernment. To see beyond the pain, the dishonesty, and the selfishness, to realize God was protecting them through you. 
and used their shortcomings to manifest your calling into purpose. Oh my goodness, that's a lot. That's what he did. He used their shortcomings to manifest God's purpose through Joseph. If God sets you up for a blessing, that means the blessing is bound to go where you go and flow out of you back to your persecutors. So maybe we should think those who hurt us this week because this time it was God forwarding his favor. Maybe we should thank that person who called me dad at Kingdom City gas station that I thought, why is this guy calling me dad? Because I said he was gone too fast and I thought he was going to run me over and my children. And he said, okay, dad. And I said, would you call me dad? And I almost lost my pastor, my pastor, my pastor title for a minute. And I said, I said, thank you, God, for forwarding your favor that I remember that I'm bigger than this. Does anybody else have moments like this or am I the only crazy Mike does too. Thank you, Mike. Kid called me dad. I'm like, bro, I'm 42, but I mean, can you wait a couple more years before you call me dad? Get, get, get him. Get to your room. Told him, you come out when I say so. That's why I told him after that. <laughs> I didn't say that. I got in the car and left. Anyway, this time though, you can thank that person. Because maybe it was God forwarding his favor to you. Maybe all the things this journey has brought you so far in your life has felt like unfair, punishment, a lot of pain. This is not to discredit what you've been through, but maybe through that, you can witness that God was forwarding favor through that. And now you can give thanks for that because like you see the good things that came because of the situation you had to get through. And this can leave you in a state of being without words. His brothers were left without words. Verse three, it said, excuse me, I have too many pieces of paper up here. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. They were left without words. And because, because it's terrifying when grace is so authentic, it hits you so purely that you just don't believe it. And that's what happened. They were scared to trust it. When the money was put back in their bags last week, remember, they were scared to believe it. That don't seem right. I'm a very pessimistic person when it comes to trust. And so it takes a lot for me to trust you fully. It takes a lot of time and there's really no rhyme or reason to it. It's just, it's just how I'm wired. And so, and so this would shock me as a questionable red flag moment, I call it. Like, why is he setting me up for a booby trap? Is he going to throw me in that cistern after he hugs me? That's shame. That's conviction talking. That can leave you without words because now you're punishing yourself when, when grace has stood up at the doorway for you to walk through. We say grace is the doorway. Faith walks through it. There's a difference. People abuse grace. Grace is the doorway, but faith walks through grace, the doorway of grace. And so, so they were left speechless at this point because they had no way to respond because of the shame they cloak themselves in after all the years of carrying that around. And that's, 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 the, that's the problem with pain and sin and, 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 and wrong decisions is that when we finally come to God and say we want to change our ways, then what do we do? We don't let it go for ourselves. 
So we carry it around forever. We become our own dead weight to growth. And so now Grace has presented this opportunity to come to Goshen and, and really change their, their destiny. And they're speechless. They don't know what to do because they're, they're thinking about what they did. We'll opt out of forgiveness from God Almighty because we're mad at ourselves. Has anybody ever done that? I remember, this is so funny now that I'm a grown man. But when I was a kid, I would feel so guilty for saying sorry to God for the same thing. That what do you quit? What do you do? You just quit saying sorry because you feel like you don't mean it. Has anybody else been through that? Like, I don't know about like the youth in, in, in one seat church, like the youth online, I know a lot of them are watching online today. The youth, like there's, there's a time you're going to face the situation where you got to keep telling God, I'm sorry, and I'm really trying to change and do it. But don't ever stop asking God to forgive you. That's, that's what the devil wants. He wants you to opt out because you've given up because of the shame. And what do we do? We take it into adulthood. We take it into our marriage. We take it into relationships. We take it into our children. We take it into everything, just like the grace that's to permeate the descendants of, of the brothers that Joseph said, God sent me before you to bless you and your children. We can also send it to our children, all the things we're holding on to that God forgave us for. And that will leave you without words. Deer in headlights, we say. Anybody ever seen a deer in headlights? It's like this. I'm going to hit you with my car. I'm speeding up. Better move. Deer in headlights. I hit a deer when I was 18 with my car. Anybody hit a deer before? We got a lot of hunters. Okay, me and Nicole have hit deers. It's kind of an a, a, a unruly feeling when the car makes contact. I wouldn't, I didn't like it. I didn't like how it felt, but it was an accident. By the way, Jen's going to help process a deer today after church. <laughs> Maybe it's the one I hit. Anyway, you know that you can keep your roadkill in certain states. I'm just saying. Barbecue for dinner. <laughs> but we'll opt out when here it is. God forwarding his favor to you. Reaching out his hand. And at times I've lived like those brothers. And I've been on that end of the scenario. Why would God bless me after what I've done through the one I've hurt? Oh, that's extra shame. That's like some, that's like the cherry on top of shame, right? When not only are you forgiven, but the one forgiving you is the one you did it to? Ew. Oh, I think that's, what is that called? Marriage? It's called marriage. There is nothing so great in the love of marriage than when they love you more than the mistake. I got to be straight up. There's some things I don't think I could forgive my wife for if it happened in our relationship. I'd be like, sorry, because I can't live with that in my heart. But there's some people who love bigger than me and bigger the way God desires, and they will love you and forgive you truly. And I'm still working on that. And, and I'm just saying, like, I, I, am, I have a trouble with that with people in general. And so to know, like, I have the most amazing wife and like, my wife loves me no matter what. Like one time I hurt my shoulder or like many times. And she's like, I love you. Even if you couldn't move. And I'm like, you love, love me anyway. Even if I couldn't move, like no matter what, like if you had to take care of me, no matter what you had to feed me and bathe me. And well, I don't know about that. And then like, like all the stuff that comes with 100% care, you love me that much. She's like, of course. You know what I was really saying? 
I don't love me that much. See the relationship here? How could you love me that much? Because what I'm really saying is I didn't and I don't. And I'm trying to give you this illustration to the brothers. They, they were speechless because they were having trouble accepting such an overwhelming amount of gratitude and grace that was given to them. I can't explain their forgiveness towards me, but I feel it. I feel the presence of God when they love me like that because that's only a love that comes from the heavens. What did Joseph say in verse 8? When they, when they wanted this explanation, why would you love me like that, Joe? We don't deserve it. He says, so then, verse 8, so then it was not you who sent me here, bros, but God sent me. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of the entire household and ruler of all of Egypt. Because you need somebody to take care of you. You don't even know it yet. That's so good. I was before you. Joseph knew it from the, from the wheat field. God's will was to protect his brothers. Wouldn't that be something if even back in the field when he had the dream, he knew the outcome? Did you know this was the outcome when we started this series? I didn't. Well, I got to say that, but you know, I wrote the series, so I guess I did. But you know what I'm saying? I'm saying, did you know that when you stepped into the dream that God planted, how much bigger the outcome was? Did you know that when One Seed Church was planted, that the, that the thing that's going on with the church is so much bigger than I ever thought it could be? Like, I'm not talking like physical. I'm talking like the spiritual part of it. I'm talking about the behind the scenes part of it. Like all the things you don't see. Like God is doing these other things that just come with it. It's bigger. It's because it was bigger to begin with. So we reduce God down to our sensual selves. And if we can't touch, taste it, smell it, feel it, hear it, then it can't go beyond that. And God says, I am spirit. I can go beyond that. And he did here. I was before you. We've all been hurt, and it's time to recognize beyond the pain of the moment. It's bigger. It's bigger than the pandemic. It hurts that people suffered in the pandemic. We're not discounting people's, these people, they, these people online, they, this, they just want to fire at you if you say anything good because the pandemic's going on. So should we never talk about joy again? Hello? What are you talking about? Maybe turn your news channel off because you're so good at preaching, preaching division and preaching hate out of ignorance that you don't even know that to overcome it, you got to get through it. And you're never going to get through it when you keep telling everybody the world's over. We overcome it because we are more than conquerors. We're overcomers. If God is in us, who can be against us? We are the light of the world, the salt of the earth. That bland world needs the flavor. We're going to bring it. You getting this? So that's why I'm not mad at you, brothers, Joseph says, because God sent me here. This is God's plan. That's what I asked for. This is so funny. We talk about like every time we've had a baby and like, you know, the baby comes and then there's the, the sleepless nights and then there's, a, eh, 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 eh. 
you know, and like, it's cute, you know, it's cute. And their voice is so quiet at first, you know, when the, when the scream, the scream is like really quiet, Nicole, and then it gets louder. And by the time they're like a year, it's like loud and annoying. And you're like, and, and then the diaper, I don't go there. The diapers change a little bit. The, the, everything changes as they get into more mature food and, and nutrients. Actually, they get off the milk and they get into like vegetables. Ew, like everything changes. That's what we begged God for. We begged God for that. So what I'm, I'm telling you the story because we make this joke about past kids. And I say, remember, we begged God for this. This is it. This is the last one. And we've been super excited. I'm not saying we're not. We're super excited. We're actually, for me personally, because I'm not carrying the baby, I'm still like numb to the fact that God did this. I'm left without words. Still. I've, you've seen Michelle. There's a baby in there. And I'm still like, why does she want so much lion's choice? What's wrong with her? Why does she keep rugging up the credit card bill with Smoothie King? What's wrong with her? God says, because I gave you what you pleaded and passionately poured out your heart and soul for a couple years ago. And I'm, I'm speechless because I'm like, why would he do that for us? And that's when you just, you just stand there and, in awe of God. And he says, I was before you and I will be after you. When we see God is bigger than this, the seasoned, excuse me, blessings are going to go to our children. The brothers is what I meant to say. To the brothers in this situation, Joseph's brothers, God had a reason to use that season to teach you something. If you're feeling like one of the brothers today, God had a reason to teach you something. If you're feeling like Joseph, you know God had a reason to teach them something. He was forwarding the favor that you're getting now on to them, which was the plan all along. And when we see God is bigger than this, those blessings will reciprocate into who we forward to. There's people you can keep blessing and they just don't seem to react to the blessing. Sorry, shadow. I'm in the light now. See how I talk as I think? But if you keep blessing them, it may take five years. It may take 20 years. Well, Betty, she just never came to church. I've invited her to church for 37 years. And finally, one day, she showed up. Oh, and Betty now leads the, you know, guest experience. Or Betty now does this. And so don't doubt because it's slow. Don't doubt God because it feels slow. That's forwarding favor. God will multiply where we don't deserve because someone was praying for us. Do you know they pray for me before church? I thought, you don't need to do that. Why would you do that? Like Nate, Mike, Vincent, Cameron, whoever. They, they ambush me no matter where I'm at. Sometimes I'm like, give me some space. They're like, no. We love you. We're praying for you. You're our pastor, and we need you to be the best God can make you to be because this is bigger than what we see. That's why I'm like, let me do it. Nate's like, you can't climb that window. I'm like, I don't take help good. 
I'm trying to like take help better. After three and a half years of church plant life, I'm better. Jen, I'm better at taking help. Now I'm like, yes, we need your help. But at first I'm like, I can do it. Like, it's fine. When we get it right. I was, I was so pristine on the, on the process that you can suffocate in that. And so God will multiply it because people are praying for you. I told you all that because they pray for me and we pray for you. And I'm sure all you are praying for each other. And like, there's times like people are doing stuff that you don't know about is what I'm saying, that God is hearing them and their cries for you and their, their pain for you. Some people are suffering for you. There's people online who you think we forgot about you, but we still know. Guess what? Me, Michelle knows everybody who's ever been to this church and what our correspondence is with them at what stage, at what time. We're on it, baby. Yes, we still pray for you and want to see you again. You think we didn't notice? Uh, we notice. But we love you. And we know you have a situation. And we just keep praying God's best for you. We don't want to hold you back. We want to spring you forward. We never try to hold people. I told, I told this to, I think, Michelle in 2018. I said, you don't want to hold people. You want to promote people into God's vision. Because, because, because sometimes it's just not aligned. And so the whole goal of the church is to let people draw closer to a relationship with Jesus. And so when they connect with your culture, that's great. But when they don't, you don't want to try to restrict them because maybe God has taken them to a different Egypt. I mean, how could that be? Because we're Egypt, you know. But like maybe they went to another country. That was a joke. That was a joke, like saying one seed's the best. That was a joke. <laughs> Is anybody laughing? I'm serious. It's a joke. You can laugh at that. Okay. Okay. All right. Anyway, I'll laugh at myself. My jokes aren't good. This time, it was God forwarding his favor. If y'all could stand, we're going to close with this. Love unifies the vision. I got to apologize. I'm having some problems with his arm. I'm not joking this time. I've had this issue. Maybe I could pray for my body. <laughs> I've got this issue with my bicep. I'm not joking. When it's stuck like this and I let it go, there's this pain to lift my arm again. I think it's called old age. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm good. It just hurts for a minute. Let me shake it out. Okay, okay. Do the herky-jerky or whatever. Love unifies vision. What do I mean by that? Verse 2. He wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him. And Pharaoh's household heard about it. What did they do? How can we help? How can we join in? They felt the love of his outcry, which unified them into the vision that Joseph had been seeking because he's a vision seeker. What did the brothers do? They're going to come to Goshen. They're going to join the team because even though they were so shame-ridden, they're going to give in and have to join the team because Joseph's the only way they can live. They're going to join the mission because the love that Joseph gave in the moment unified the vision that God had set, bringing the brothers into the, into the, into the team, bringing Jacob into the team. Now Jacob's going to go to Egypt and, and see Joseph soon. 
His love for them was so much bigger than their mistake. It accomplished a mission because of it. Why would he do this? We don't deserve this. Because you're building up favor for your children's generation. We're building up favor. God says, what I have for you is what you have for them. Oh, that's, that's a tongue tire. What I have for you, says the Lord, is now what you have for them. Don't despise the children because the king sent you the blessing, he says. When you've done it to them, and the least of these that you think are insignificant, God says, you have done that to me. So when you see the situation that you don't think is worthy of the blessing, just put Jesus' face on the situation. And God says, when you do it to them, you are doing it to me. If that don't wake you up, I don't know what will. There's a lot of things I would have done different if I had put the face of Jesus on it when I was younger. I would have stayed away from certain things. And there's some, let me give you this extra thing. There's some things in your journey. You can be spirit-filled and be, 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 be so anointed with the presence of God and still disobey the warning sign that the Holy Spirit gives you. I've done that. I remember one time I felt the Holy Ghost so strong when I was in my 20s and I knew God was saying, don't go there. And I did it anyway because I was thinking with the flesh. And so I'm saying that to you because the spirit is to lead and guide you into all truth. And if you don't oblige to what the spirit tries to give you, you can still step away from God. That's why grace is the doorway, but faith walks through the door. Don't abuse the doorway because it's sitting there, but you're not walking through it. Can I just get an amen? Love unifies vision. You're building up favor to your children. And God says, what I have for you now is what you're going to have for them through the seven years of perfection. Completion is seven. That's everything. Blessed by association. Look to your neighbor. Tell him, I'm blessed by association. I'm blessed because I know you, Darius, even with that Jerry Curl wig you got on. I am blessed because of it, brother, because of association in the community of God's house. And I love it. And I said, let me have that thing. I want to preach in that. And he said, no, that's mine. Maybe next week. Jen wants it too. (laughs) Oh, man, it's so good. You see, that's the love. That's love right there. That's love. That's love. When me and Vincent are sweating it out and no one's here and we're like, man, this is pretty cool because it's just me and you. We're just hanging. That's love. And that's, that's what you got to have for the mission because it will change your burden into joy. You'll be like, give me some more of that problem because I need to solve something. God put something in me to solve something in somebody else. And I'm going to end with this quick story. This morning, this is so good. How many times will the pastor say so good in one sermon? This is so good. (laughs) Buzzword. We're hustling. Anybody knows me, I'm a mall walker, even on a slow dam. Slow down, PJ. I don't know, I just can't stop my legs. They just, everything's, (laughs) you know? And and I'm mall walking through the hall in Char. How many know Char up in the front? Short, short. Shar's like the most awesome person at the YMCA. Y'all, y'all got to know who Shar is. If you don't, go say hello to her. And she says, um, 
I know you're busy. And I was, and I was, a, I was like in an extra hurry. I had a little bit more pep in my normal pepples, normally peppy step. And, and I said, okay, but yeah, I'm in a hurry. Like this time I like had to tell her like, yeah, for real, I'm in a hurry. And um, what could be so important? Nothing That's how I'm thinking. I didn't have much coffee, Felix. So I was, I was working on my, my, my pastoral love because when I don't have the coffee, I become fleshly. You know how that goes. So she takes me to the front. What is she going to kidnap me? She takes me out the front door. I'm like, Nate would just have a heart attack right now. Like, was he, is she going to kidnap me? She's taking me out the front door. I'm not supposed to go out the front door. What do I do? She says, look. And she's pointing to all the trees. And every tree, when you leave today, look at all the trees. They're all different colors. And I'm not like a tree expert, but I think the cold weather caused the trees to change colors like the whole fall thing, you know? I just got too much time hanging out at Huga. So I'm, I don't know about trees, but every tree was like yellow, orange, red, whatever. And I'm just like the trees. And then I stopped for a minute. I'm like, this woman pulled me out of setup, Vincent. To show me some trees. And God said, oh, I got you good this time. You better wake up. I said, I, didn't, I would never notice those trees. That someone else could see something different that I could not see. And not only could I not see it, but it was majestic, majestical. Is that a word? It was magical. It was majestic. It was beautiful. And when you leave, you can see. And not only was it cool, but the sun was just coming up. So there was like this dawn over, and it was the most beautiful thing. And I thought, God is trying to say something here. Look around, says the Lord. And I thought that was so cool that she was willing and bold enough to do that for that. I said, oh, that's too good. God had to, God set that up. And so I just walked back. I'm like, yeah, I was checking out the trees. I'm going to go talk about that. I was, I was a different guy after that in the setup team because it changed my, my mood. It dropped my, my mall walk to just a steady brisk walk. <laughs> Cindy's seen it. <laughs> and um, we all need that. That's what I'm saying. Like we need those interruptions sometimes to pay attention. You can preach it good, but it doesn't mean you apply it well. You can hear it good, but it doesn't mean you apply it well. Jesus said, hear with your ears, your spiritual ears, so, so you can like have noise hitting you. But if you're not ingesting it with your spiritual ears, it doesn't penetrate the soil of the heart. And so I thought that was so good. And so what she did is she forwarded a blessing to me that someone gave her. And that's how she blessed me today. And it can be that simple. It can be that simple to bless someone today. Say, hey, guess what? We looked at the trees at church today and they are so pretty. You should go up there and check out the YMCA. By the way, they got a great program if you want to like play basketball. All of a sudden you're soliciting people to join the gym. Like you didn't even know you could bless people like that. Or just say, check out the trees or go to the park or barbecue something. I know Mike's going to barbecue something. He sends me a picture and it's so good. I said, Mike, I really like the pictures you send me on Sunday, every Sunday, every Sunday. How many years? Like three years. He's been sending pictures. And I said, no, I really like them because it's authentic. He's like, here's what I'm cooking. It's like, stop and look at the beauty and all the things that are in your life like the trees, like barbecue is a beautiful thing. Who could not, who could not, sorry, vegans, bar, barbecue is a beautiful thing. And so like, whatever you got to do, text somebody a message, say, I love you. I'm thinking about you. 
Jesus loves you. Yeah, you know what? You may not understand that, but I want you to know Jesus really loves you. And I love you. And um, last week, me and, me and Felix were talking, and he said something about the singing. And that just touched me. He said, man, I really love when you sing. And he's been with us since the beginning. And, and I forgot about that, that time. And him saying that was just like, wow, that touched him. So then it touched me. That someone, someone was touched by that. You see what I'm saying? It's secular. So don't doubt the things that are not relevant to you because you're too big, do, do big in a rush to see the trees. The trees are the life. The trees are the journey. So God, we want to give thanks now. We proclaim the YMCA. We thank you for this place to worship. When there was a time we said there'd be nowhere for us to go, no one will let us in. What do we do? We're in the basement. How long can we do this? How long can we keep eating those bagels from Breadco before we get you know fat from those bagels, God? Get us out of here and get us into a church. And so he, you opened up the door to the YMCA, God, and you brought us here, and we're so blessed by that. And we give thanks for that. And we're thankful for the, for the beautiful fall-changing weather that shows us more than that some leaves are dis, discolored from their, from their earlier stage in this, this year, but bigger that you are in charge of the season is what you are saying, that you are in charge of what's moving. And what looks still to you like a non-moving picture is a movie in motion, and that's our life. It's a movie in motion, and when it looks like like a picture, it's actually moving at all times. And that's how you revolve in our world. And we're thankful for that, God. We're thankful that you never stop loving us. You never stop giving us that grace, that, that famine, um, that food for the famine that we thought we, 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 we wore out the welcome card. We're not invited back to the table, but you said my table always has a seat for you. So come to Gushing and get your fill because I have something for you. And until you take it, I'm going to keep telling you that I've got something better for your life. So God, we're thankful for that. We're witnessing that. We're recognizing that. And for those who don't know it yet, we're going to pass it on. We're going to forward it to them because one of these days they're going to get the mission too. And we give thanks, God. And we give all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. And as the church says together, in Jesus' name, the only name above all names that can save souls, amen.